0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 641 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here, or should I say Matt Winchester?
1: Yeah, I don't know who that is, but uh, I'm a handsome version of him, I guess. No, I'm Matt Winchester, and you're Todd Roker. Oh, that's right. That's right. I got confused. Yes. Matt Winchester, wasn't he on MASH?
0: No, I don't know. He sounds that was like
1: Charles Emerson Winchester III. I'm sorry.
0: What was his name again?
1: Charles Emerson Winchester III.
0: third. okay. When you said Emerson, I'm like, oh, his middle name is M. That's the Matt, right? Right, no. No. Um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know. It was like uh, an like internet fad for like a weekend, you know?
1: Yeah, I plugged mine in and didn't care what it said. I was like, I just wanted to know, but I don't need everybody to know what mine says. <laughs> so, If you want to know what mine says, go plug in at Roker the Joker and see what you get.
0: All right, let me do that right now. Because, you know. That's a good I'm way to kill cool. some time on the show, right?
1: I'm too cool for that stuff, Joe.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. I am too, but then I saw Adam doing it. And I'm like, oh, oh that's. He, he's a leader. Just so you know, I also put uh, Words Big 80s in as well and not. <laughs> Did the same one come up as yours? No. Okay. I can't figure out how to do it right now, but anyway. Oh darn! People right. will never know now. He, right, so let's get hey, let's get into the podcast, huh? We got stuff to talk about, you know. Yep. Um, a famed artist, uh, sadly passed away. Uh, I'm guessing uh, over the holidays, and uh, his family, of course, let us know about it just this week. Uh, another creator uh, is doing more stuff over on Substack. And uh, Wither is going on with Heavy Metal Magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Conventions have returned for this weekend. Uh, We have what we read from this past week, which was Human Target number 10. Uh, We have what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, We have Todd's Art Attack. We have Todd and Joe have issues as we continue our read-through of Neil Gaiman's Sandman and so much more. That was a
1: very confident opening, Joe. I, I, like ve-
0: it. I like it. I'm a very confident man. Can't you tell? Yes. By the fancy clothes I wear and the way I carry myself.
1: <laughs> yes, your carriage is carried well. Mm,
0: yes. So, um, another creator going to Substack. And I say this only because um, I would have just assumed he already was doing stuff at Substack. Me too. Um, and that's Colin Bunn, who is doing tons of stuff for tons of different publishers. Um, I think right now he's writing for pretty much everyone except Marvel and DC, right? Um, but he officially just this week announced that he's doing his own horror imprint uh, called Outer Shadows, and it's gonna be le- it's gonna be comics, but it's not gonna be just comics. Um, he has a novel. Of, like, anthology horror stories that's planned to be coming out first. Um, and then he has stuff lined up for, like, games and all sorts of other things. And, uh, you know, the Substack world kind of slowed down a little bit. And while everyone, like, Substack happened, a lot of people went there. And then saw maybe it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Or maybe people thought they quit the business because all their stuff was on Substack and nobody uses Substack, really.
1: Right, or maybe they took all that grant money and ran.
0: <laughs> that could have been what happened, too. Right. Um, but I think just for his longevity, his um prolificness, his output, the quality of said output, uh, I think this is a good move for someone like Cullen Bunn because he is doing so much for so many other publishers If he could also do this as well and make a few bucks, um, you know, I I hope the best for him. You know, Um, I, I think your best way to do things is kind of somewhere in between the Ed Brubaker model and the Jimmy Palmiotti model.
1: Yeah, I definitely I agree.
0: Yeah, like if you can somehow take the best of both of what they're doings um and combine that and that's the way that you publish your content. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you would be able to make the most money.
1: Right. Talent and charisma. That's what you need.
0: <laughs> just like this show has. In, it just
1: slopping over with ta- talent and charisma, Joe.
0: Yes, yes. Um but yo, know, you know and and that's the thing I still have my Substack thing and I check and I'm on the mailing list for everyone. Um and a lot of the stuff is you know creators that are doing stuff primarily for like let's say image um and it's just like hey I'm doing a book for image and I have a special variant cover that you can get through my sub stack right and that's real. like a lot of a lot of the folks that are doing Substack aren't doing original content I think Tom King on his um I think he's already up to some chapter on Love Everlasting okay before they do the print stuff on it you know right right yeah
1: that's, I mean, like we've discussed this, that uh, I'm almost slightly older than you and this is all beyond me. You know what I mean? Right. Like if he's going to do his print comics and then they come, any of them do them, they come out in previews. Then by all means, I'll find them. Yeah. That's the only way. Like uh, this is all new, you know, I'm both, you know, angers and confuses me. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, there's there's been a couple times where I sit there and I kick the tires, I'm like, can I ever go all digital? And at my age, I can never go all digital, you know?
1: I'll go all digital when my ceiling collapses from the weight
0: of my comics. There you go. Uh, so, moving on with the news. Um, remember a couple months ago, we did the story that Whatnot uh, was going to be publishing the newest volume of Heavy Metal magazine?
1: Yes, I do. Uh,
0: it was the first time that Heavy Metal magazine was going to get a new number one in its history.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, uh, apparently there had been a lot more going on behind the scenes at uh, Heavy Metal over these last three or four years. Um, everything ranging from people who had subscribed to it. Um, which I doff my John Cena cap to you if you, like, rip the card out of the magazine and subscribe to have it mailed to your home, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that people who had gone through their subscription thing were not getting the magazines. And then just over the weekend, uh, two creators, Claudio Alvarez and Gerardo Borges, uh, mentioned that Heavy Metal had published some of their work without their permission. Okay. And this was Monday, that the story came out over the weekend, um, and then Monday, the CEO of Heavy Metal Magazine issued a statement uh, in regards to, you know, we take due diligence in regards to uh, issues of this matter, and we're definitely going to look into this. Uh, hang on, where's the exact uh, press release thing here? uh yeah but there was a press release saying that like oh okay uh heavy metal takes allegations of impropriety very seriously in particular those related to our relationship with talents and uh, contributors we intend to communicate with all relevant parties to fully investigate this allegation and we will provide further comment on the matter once we have absolute clarity right so that is the press release that he had released on monday and then on tuesday he quit the company.
1: Right. So That's <laughs> kicking that can down the road.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. That's you know, uh, as somebody who is, you know, obviously, w- sadly, you know, we try to do good news on the show, but when bad news shows up and it's just like a bunch of stuff, like kind of just piling on top of itself, like, yeah, you talk about it, you know? Yep. It
1: snowballs.
0: And doing another show where there's been a lot of stuff like this happening where... People have been coming in and lawsuits have been filed and then press releases have been announced talking about how things are going to continue as normal. And then the person who put that press release out quits two days later. Eh, doesn't give you a real good feeling, you know?
1: No, it's like, maybe I'll pass on those new heavy metal issues.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, whatnot's been doing okay so far. Um, you know, I know they had been sending out like, um, at least unsolicited, they had been sending out like a retailer variant exclusive covers to different retailers. Right. Just like saying like, Hey, thanks for ordering our book. Here's a, here's an unannounced retailer variant do with it. What you will. Uh, so in that regards, they're doing the right things. One can only hope that whatever shakeups are going on at heavy metal, if whatnot is publishing it, but they're not owning it. Who knows? Things could fall apart and whatnot could end up owning heavy metal magazine, which would be very interesting.
1: It could happen.
0: Could anything could happen in the world of comics and entertainment, Todd? Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, um, you know, about uh, it was about a month or so ago, and they just announced it. His family today, uh, but a comic book artist, um, you would know him from tons of stuff. Yeah, um, from the early to mid two thousands, and even more recently. Uh, but Jason Pearson uh, passed away at the age of fifty two. Uh, he had a creator-owned book called Body Bags. Yep. Uh, but he did art on everything. The thing that I know, know him mostly from is that Jason Aaron Penguin one-shot. Right, which is a great issue. Which is an unbelievable issue. The only in-DC continuity story that Jason Aaron ever did.
1: Right, because he did uh, Scalped, but that was Vertigo.
0: He did Scalped, which is Vertigo. Um, he did a war miniseries, Vertigo, and he did a two or three issue storyline on Hellblazer, also Vertigo.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, sad to see when anyone passes away, especially someone so young. Um, and they said, I guess, that he had passed away from a heart attack. Right. Um,
1: I know he had, you know, uh, substance problems at one point, I believe, Mm -hmm. and uh, whether it was alcohol or drugs, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, just, uh, and then I remember at one point in in his career, he was talking about uh, ending it all in social media, Mm. and they ended up finding him, you know what I mean, like before anything happened. And stuff like that so he was always a a troubled uh, individual but like you said I remember him most like he did a ton of that DC stuff but uh, and other stuff but I remember him most from body bags and my you know personal like meeting him once but that's about it that's all I I, I really because I don't remember all the other random stuff that
0: he did right and uh, yeah like I said it's just a a bummer um, whenever you see something like this of a creator passing away uh, far too young, of course, and uh you know thoughts uh with his family and uh hopefully they can you know find the peace that you know sadly it sounds like he may not have been able to you know right right um yeah, so uh off that sad news, moving on to convention news uh for this weekend um if you are in the Lakeland, Florida area. Uh, you should certainly se- head to Central Florida Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, not a huge convention, but it's really the only one with any sort of notable guests uh, at it. Uh, specifically, uh, the aforementioned uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor right. are going to be there. And uh, from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Sean Waltman, uh, X-Pac, 123Kid6 all the different things that he's known as is going to be there.
1: Right. And of those three guests, I may have given one or more of them a worker's handshake.
0: <laughs> At
1: least one. At least one that I know of. I don't remember yes. if I gave one other two of the workers handshake, but I might've. So I maybe in a bar after a con, I might've given them a worker's handshake
0: yeah but jimmy and uh jimmy and amanda are always a good time at a convention um you know they do great work definitely go check out what they have at the table go chat them up
1: oh if you can Uh, do a
0: panel if they do a panel i don't think they are doing a panel um but but, you know stay 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 a safe distance and Wherever the wherever they go is where the best after party is gonna be for the convention.
1: And I like the fact that Jimmy's looking for new ideas on Twitter for his panels.
0: Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some of those tweets today. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah. He's a piece of work. But yeah, so Central Florida, hopefully once the weather starts warming up, uh they'll be starting to announce some more northeast conventions that I won't be able to go to. All right. And uh hey, um, don't forget about soon to be Name soon to be dot com. Soon to be dot All the shows in the Soon to Be Name Network, anytime they go live, uh, you can find them there. I say thumb my nose at a podcatcher. The only way to get all the shows is there. And that is uh, this show that you're listening to, Longbox Heroes, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, at odds with wrestling. Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wings on Wings, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Surprise Episodes of Sports Talk, <laughs> and whenever anybody else from these shows go on other shows and they give me the heads up, uh, you can find them there. Uh, just this past week, uh, holding true to my 2023 uh, New Year's resolution of I'm not doing any more podcasts, I was on another podcast this week. Oh my god! Uh, I was on the uh, stink sheet with uh, young Ed, formerly of Pod Van Dam, and uh, Kurt, who is a uh, Ronald uh, Two Legs replacement, and uh, we had a good time of me saying a whole bunch of libelous stuff in regards to the world of sports and entertainment, and uh, I, I, if you listen to the show, I'm not um, inebriated, I'm just fired up with the way that some podcast creators take advantage of their fans right so if that's not enticing enough uh to go listen to me on that definitely do so it's in the you know you can go find it over at soon to be named com. be sure to check out our other friends in the world of comics and assorted uh businesses and everything that they're doing on the internet uh our friend mike sterling Uh, We mentioned over on After Dark this week, go check out his blog at ProgressiveRuin.com. Go check out our friend Kevin uh, at his website, Mass Library. I see he had just put up some recent videos of some thrift store finds that he did. He took a while off from those, and now those are back. Rick Williams at com. All those cool uh, resin glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy wrestling little things that he does. Uh, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, those are two self-published comics done by longtime listeners of this show. Go check out the links in the show notes to purchase those books directly from them. Speaking of buying comic books, if you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop be your comic book shop, Comics on the Green. We have their social media linked up. That's where Dave and the crew announces all the upcoming releases, all the hot pre-orders, when the books are in for the weeks, uh, all that sort of stuff. And you can sign up for their subscription service via mail order. You can get your books mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And if you do, there's a chance you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky. You could head over to her social media, uh, check out all the prints and process and everything that she does. She's a fantastic artist. Like I said, check her stuff out. And harass her. Tell her that she needs to put a portfolio together of all the work that she's done.
1: I 100% agree.
0: Yeah. She's too busy talking up my kid's ear about Pokemon when I go to the store for me right, to
1: getting stuff from the store around the corner
0: yeah again as she calls it the weeb store
1: right i stay away from that stuff i don't know what those terms mean and if they're offensive or not
0: right i'm just repeating what she says there i you think go. you're allowed to call people weebs it's okay well,
1: and if not blame it on her
0: right it's becky at something.com yeah, i don't know
1: yeah by the way great plugs read very thank confident. you
0: very confident very confident as far as anyone knows. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's get into what we read from this past week. And I'm going to take a break here, Todd. Let's get the books we read from last week.
1: All right. And I'm going to start and I guess end with the book we <laughs> were both uh, looking forward to most, which was Human Target number 10 by written by Tom King art by the amazing Greg Smallwood um, after the events of the past couple issues. Um, Ice now knows about uh, Chance's uh, ailment from being poisoned and he's passing away and they end up talking and she's like, uh, what are we going to do about the information that we may have found out? Kind of about like, you know, uh, Guy Gardner maybe still being up and walking around. And uh, Chance drugs her and proceeds to go to find somebody who can help them. And they go to the second best Green Lantern in all the Green Lantern Corps, and that's Nort. Um, First one being Guy, by the way. And uh, he ends up talking to him. And, uh, you know, Nort is, you know, I thought when I was getting ready for this, I didn't know how Tom King was going to portray Nort but he ends up portraying him as an everyday kind of guy, but who's just not that bright. He's not like the clown, the comic, the Dick Van Dyke stumbling over the Ottoman kind of a thing. I didn't know what they were going. So um, he's just easily manipulated is the best way to put it. And he ends up letting him know that they're like, they have a, record room on oa that has every minute of every second of everybody's life and chance wants to get in there but nort's like i'm not supposed to take anybody in there last time i did it i got really yelled at by the guardians and uh i don't think i should ever do it again but you seem like a good guy so i'm gonna go up there um and they end up breaking in and he ends up looking over a bunch of the records but he sees his own which is cool and he gets some information about someone else but he makes the conscious choice not to look at ISIS, which is interesting um so he ends up getting some information they end up getting caught by the guardians and north does, does some some funny stuff that i like uh and they come back to earth and uh chance ends up you know going looking for guy and he ends up kind of finding him at uh, a bar called kevin and keith which i absolutely adored
0: um, <laughs> that was yeah that was a nice touch
1: yep and he finds him. They end up having a talk um and how chance is gonna try and get the better of them um especially since everything's gone so badly each time they've end up meeting but by using the records, chance does get uh the upper hand um so and it's kind of left you know uh kind of I'm like you know unresolved at the end I don't like this is one of those that it ends and I'm like okay, I'm not 100% sure what Chance did. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to the next issue. It was a very subdued, subdued issue because, like I said, I thought Nort was going to be the funniest of the issues, and it was more the, like I said, everyday common man kind of issue. Yeah, but I definitely think
0: that Nort was definitely in there as the comic relief, the cult character... When's the last time Nort was in anything?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I know he was been around because he would be in. He would pop up in like. Did he pop up? I I want to say, but he might have been in the Larfleas thing that was like, oh, that was New Fifty Two, and I don't know. I, I yeah, honestly we're, can't.
0: Ta- we're talking something that would have happened. Like he hasn't shown up in something in years, right? Right, so, and he's not like this character that has this defined something, you know, that you you have to make sure that you adhere to the way this character is set up and all that sort of thing, you know? Right, right. So, for him to be kind of played up this way, you know, and again, it's Nort, so it's supposed to be, you know, as you've mentioned before from back in the uh, Keith Giffen JLI days... That he was supposed to essentially be uh, Edward Norton from The Honeymooners, right?
1: Right, Ed Norton, Edward Norton's from Fight Club, but uh, you know, you know, I mean. you know what I mean. Yes, because he even has the vest, and the first time you see Nort appear, he's coming out of a manhole on another planet, out of a sewer, like right. Ed Norton worked in the the sewers. so yes.
0: So this is not the first time that Tom King has taken a character that's maybe overlooked or treated as a joke or a goof, and giving them just a little brush and mm-hmm. a little bit of spotlight, a little bit of something um, to maybe push them to that next level, right. to give a cult character a little bit of something, whether Tom King uses them in something again, um, or whether somebody else decides um, to pick up what Tom King has done with the character. I thought this was a very fun... Um, like maybe the most three dimensional that Nort's character has ever been.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of times where that he's been done different. There was like a Guy Gardner Green Lantern Corps mini by Howard Chaykin, where he was more of like a pit bull kind of thing. But yeah, this is I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Um, and this was issue ten, and issue eleven is coming out in like two weeks.
1: It's coming out next. Yeah, next not next week.
0: Right, not this week, but next. Um, and this definitely feels like we're obviously at the end game, where uh, Chase knows it or uh, uh, Chance knows what's going on. Uh huh. But we don't know, right? And issue eleven, I feel, is going to be them telling us what's going on, or at the very least. Him doing the Columbo explaining to Ice that he knows what's going on.
1: Yep, and then the last panel is like a reveal kind of a deal.
0: Yeah. Um, but I've really enjoyed this ride of this book.
1: We have two issues left, Joe. I think uh-huh. stick
0: the landing.
1: Oh, my God. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because, you know, we've talked about this before that, you know, a lot of the stuff that um, Tom King has done, the biggest problem with it is that it doesn't stick the landing. Mm-hmm. And I got my fingers crossed that this will. Um, I see no chinks in the armor, I see no problems where things could fall apart. Um As you mentioned, you know, uh we're 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 aware that Guy Gardner's not dead, and I think that was like the biggest like status quo changing thing in the book. And they've kind of retconned it. I know last time we talked about which characters we haven't seen yet. Um <laughs> And it'll be interesting to see if and how everyone shows up, you know?
1: Right, because it's Black Canary and Captain Atom. And there's always, like, that makes me think, like, Maxwell Lord's, like, hanging around the background. But since he hasn't popped up, I don't think you can use him. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. So we'll see. I'm very excited, Joe.
0: I am very excited as well. And, uh, like I said, this is a fun issue. Alright, so again, it was a lean week of stuff. We didn't really cross over on anything else, and we have a ton of other stuff to talk about. We actually had news for the first time in many, many weeks. So let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern Time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however however it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is currently in the lead over me with one correct guess, and I have a feeling there isn't going to be much movement here this week. Right. I think the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week, Todd, is Nightwing number 100.
1: It is Nightwing 100. I will say, honorable mention, not for anything that's in the book, but Batman Superman World's Finest 11 Mm -hmm. has a Jack White of the Musician variant cover. Oh. So I ended up picking up the regular A cover for it. Um, And then I picked up, I'm picking up two of the uh, Jack White covers. I want one, you know, that I can have. And then honestly, if I could ever get anything signed by Jack White, it will be this, and I'm not big on having, you know, I want a clean copy. So that's what I was looking forward to most, but for the cover, so I didn't count it. You know what I mean?
0: Gotcha. Um, I know so, they did a uh, variant cover last month uh, with Paul McCartney on it. Right. Yeah. When,
1: when, they, when they get Ringo, call you, right?
0: I, listen, I got the Paul McCartney cover. I'll take a Ringo cover as well.
1: That's right. Um, so I'm looking over your list. and I do have to ask, what's Immortal Sargent?
0: Uh, Immortal Sergeant is a new image book, uh, from Joe Kelly and Ken Nomura who did, okay. uh, I kill giants. All right. All right. I don't, enough. I don't, uh, and I'll be honest with you. I don't know what it's about. I just know it's by the team that did I kill giants and I okay. love Joe Kelly's stuff. Um, so I'm there. I got you. So
1: I'm going to say Nightwing 100 is also the book you're looking forward to.
0: Uh, Nightwing 100 would also be the book that I'm most looking forward to coming out this week.
1: Right. If it was like, you know, I couldn't, if I had to definitely ask about Immortal. Like if it was like Neil Gaiman and, you know, whatever, it's something just, but anyway.
0: Anyway, yes. Uh, Nightwing 100. And I'm actually in in the rarity. Last time I liked, usually with the DC books. They do two covers, and one is on the fancy cardstock, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but for 99, I really liked the way that the fancy cardstock cover was colored. Right. So I paid the extra buck for the cardstock cover last month, and there's a dozen covers on this issue of Nightwing. Right. And I'm going with the fancy acetate cover, because I think it looks the coolest. Look at you. Good yeah, choice. Yeah.
1: I went with the regular A, but I was... Tempted on the acetate.
0: Yeah. Bringing it back to the 90s, baby. Right, right. I'm doing the muscle pose as, as we watch. Uh, anyway, thank you, everyone, uh, you know, for checking this out while you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, of course, whether are checking out previous episodes of this show, previous episodes of LongBox Heroes After Dark, uh, or the current ongoing Sega of us talking about our reread through Neil Gaiman's Sandman. At about two issues a week, uh, give or take, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, if you want to shoot me an email, I'll give you the entire, like, week-by-week breakdown so you know, like, oh, this one we're only doing one issue, this one we're doing three, here's all this ancillary material. But there's a good enough, like, fishbone thumbnail in every week's uh, Todd and Joe have issue pull po or every Todd and Joe have issues post. Uh, that goes up with this. And uh, this week, we are talking about issues five and six of Sandman. Yes. Yes. And one more time, can I just lay out again? And I'll just chime in when I need to. Sure, if you like. If at any point you think I'm doing
1: a bad job, jump in. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, after the... Morpheus, he's gone and he's got two of his three, uh, tools. He has the helm and he has the bag of of sand. Um, this is him basically going on the the lookout for the Ruby, but it starts out that Dr. Destiny, Dr. D has the Ruby. And he also has the, the, the pennant that protects him that his mother gave him when he died. And he's in Arkham, Arkham Asylum, and he's escaping, um, to go find the Ruby. Um, and as he's leaving, he ends up running into, uh, the scarecrow who's ha- who's fake uh hanged himself from the roof to look like he's dead as a as a gag and he ends up talking to him and he's like well i'm going to get my ruby to like bring down the world through the dream realm and stuff like that he's going to bring chaos and destroy the world and he's like that's great that's great scarecrows, that's great um tell me all about it when you come back and like no you don't understand i'm going to do this he's like yeah we all come back we all come back and he's like uh and uh you know uh, if you see the Joker, tell him to hurry back. It's not as fun without him. Um, but I'm doing my best. I left another joke next door, and he there's actually a uh, a guard who's actually died, who's killed, and he hung him from the ceiling. Um, this scene was not supposed to be the Scarecrow Joe, but it was actually supposed to be the Joker. Oh. But Neil Gaiman got the call from the editor as he, like, you know, he put in his notes for the story and they said, you can't use the Joker. And he's like, why can't I use the Joker? And he's like, the Joker is dead in continuity right now. And he's like, you know, he fell under into the, into the, uh, the ocean and he's supposedly dead. And Neil Gaiman was like, uh, Joker always comes back. Can't we just say he's alive? No, he's dead in the comics, um, so you can't use him. So he ended up having to use the Scarecrow, and this is what slowly pivots Sandman out of the real DC universe, because he said, like, if I was going to use stuff, I was going to be at the whims of the editors. Yes, where it's going to be like, you can't use this character, or this character acts like this, so you can't. So he's like, I'm done. Um, and the reason also with the Joker is that was the death in the family storyline. I was going to ask, right. Cause that's right where this lines up. Yes. So he was like, ah, because, because of death in the family, Sandman's going to pivot out of,
0: uh, DC continuity. And but it's the- so, it's so funny too, because like this issue six and then seven are like, so DC heroes heavy. Yes.
1: But this is what he probably already had those kind of outlined you know in what the I mean? bag sure so and there's there's kind of stuff on that, but uh so Dr Destiny leaves, and he ends up uh using the gun that he stole to kidnap uh, a woman and get like as to takes to to have her drive her somewhere
0: right well, that's and going, I have it right here hello, I'm going to find my and he can't pronounce what the name of the the ruby is, yes, my ruby. You're going to drive me. I'll tell you where to stop. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Yep. Um, um, and I just want to throw in here, obviously, having watched, you know, the Netflix show is out there, of course. Um, and I knew it was in here, but obviously just having watched the the TV show more recently than read the comics, I forget how messed up Dr. Destiny looks. Oh, yeah. He's... And, like, he looks distressed and disturbed here in issue five. And then he's like, because it's a different artist in six, he like further deteriorates in the next issue.
1: Right. Because this is the last Sam Keith issue, which I found an article. The reason Sam Keith leaves is because he doesn't say it, but he basically says me and Neil were, were pulling in different directions. That's the quote that he uses when it came to Sandman. I felt you know, it was time for me to go. Um, so they probably were butting heads on where the book was going. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, so we jumped to a very Jack Kirby like looking stuff as it's a young uh, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle trying to escape Granny Goodness on Apocalypse. And there's all like his bit with, uh, you know, the only way he can get out is if he knows his real name. But is the name he has a fake name, which is Scott Free um that was a joke granny goodness gave to him so he'll never never escape so that's kind of his nightmare but uh sandman ends up you know showing up because you know he he'll know where the ruby is and they end up talking he's like I'm here Scott free you have a ruby of mine um and we cut back to uh dr d destiny and the woman he's kidnapped and she's like don't kill me please she ends up like saying that her husband is like in the mafia kind of a deal um and you know if anything happens she's like oh you're not wearing a coat like you're cold so he ends up, she ends up being nice to him he ends up giving him the coat and everything like that so he's she's kind of endearing herself to him so i kind of like that um so they go sandman and Mr. Miracle end up going through the files. And I love the fact that, uh, Mr. Miracle's wearing a robe that says jail eye through. All of this. Um, and he's basically saying like, uh, that they were going to have a trophy room on the satellite, but it got destroyed. So he's like, I don't know where it is, but we can ask somebody. Oh, uh, we could ask, uh, Batman, but it's in the middle of the night. He's probably working. I know who we can go see. Um, So we end up finding out that the woman that Dr. D kidnapped, her name is Rosemary. Um, She's like, oh, like uh, you uh, are you hungry? There's some sandwiches in my uh, my 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 uh, lunch pail in the back. Do you want that? And she's like, oh, by the way, like uh, you look terrible kind of a thing. Um, Can I ask, is it the big A? And she's like, he's like the what? He's like AIDS, and I love that Doctor Destiny's like, you mean like helpers? It's like no AIDS, the disease. Where have you been for the last five years? She's like locked up in the basement of Arkham? She's like, oh, um, sorry, and she ends up spla- explaining they put me there and they forgot about me. And she's like, you keep talking about they. It's like, uh, did you did. did who's they did you did you kill people and he's like no you know i I fought like uh the costumes the heroes the justice league of america um she's like oh i kind of remember that um but now they have you know embassies in jli now so i like that they're laying down the the groundwork for jli um they go uh mr Miracle.
0: i I have to interrupt because just like the the pacing of things so um mr miracle takes morpheus to martian manhunter right Right. Martian Man are also wearing a JLI robe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw in the previous issue where uh, Etrigan is taking Morpheus through hell, and they pass, who we will fer- later find out to be a former lover of Morpheus, and she sees him differently than we see him and other people see him. Mm-hmm. And essentially, uh, Martian Manhunter sees Morpheus as a giant flaming skull. Essentially as, like, Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. And, uh, calls him Lord Zorill, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he, like, bows down, may may, your gar- may you guard us in this darkness, so on and so forth, and, uh, Morpheus is like, a Martian, I thought your kind were eons gone, and Martian Manhunter tells him, I'm the last of my race, and, uh, this is where they ask Martian Manhunter where the trophies are, And he says, a uh, warehouse upstate Gotham, a little town called uh, Mayhew. Uh, I can get you the exact address. And Morpheus is like, no need. That's all the information I need. Um, You guys can go tells mr miracle i hope you find your name scot-free and then i'll let you do the last bit here in regards to uh, what martian manhunter says
1: right and they're like Ms. goes like who's that he's like a very old god come scot-free let us hit the kitchen i have a secret stash of oreos for which you are welcome to partake joe oreos not chacos <laughs> they
0: say oreos at this time <laughs> i know um, just because like the line, you know, the way that things are lined up and I have the book here in front of me and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and Dr. Destiny kind of goes off on a screen in regards to, uh, what dreams are made of. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he says that, uh, you know, people think dreams aren't real, um, because they aren't made of matter or particles, but they are real. Uh, they're made of viewpoints and images and memories and puns and lost hopes, Uh, On all those sort of things, and the ruby helped Dr. Destiny turn those things into matter, and then it got to a point where um, he would use the ruby to turn his dreams into matter and then use that matter to build machines that were powered by the ruby, and then he stopped being able to dream without the ruby, and then that's how he kind of became the the mangled, disgusting mess that he is now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh he says that it's not really a Ruby, it's a solid dream. Uh it's the only dream I have. Nobody else can use it anymore but me. Dun dun dun. And as they're driving to the road, we see the sign five miles to Mayhew, right? Right. So now our two characters are on a collision course toward the uh warehouse where the ruby is being stored.
1: Yep. And as uh, Dr. Destiny is, you know, going with Rosemary in the car, obviously Morpheus travels a different way. And he's traveling by dream. He's traveling like he's like ride on a dragon back over Manhattan. And, and, you know, it's made of riveted iron and smells of cotton candy. Um, I travel briefly by bus, Joe, in the back of a dream. uh, Dreamer copulates desperately, not noticing, you know, his anonymous passenger. I sit at the front and I talk to the driver. I recognize that driver, Joe.
0: I recognize that driver as well. Is this a pre-Mervyn Pumpkinhead, Mervyn Pumpkinhead?
1: This is the official first appearance of Mervyn Pumpkinhead.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's not Go like a this. version
1: of It is him. And
0: I think later
1: he actually says, like, I did this. And I, sh- I had, for a brief stint, I had a job as a bus driver
0: kind of a deal in the dream. Nice.
1: So, yeah, and he goes through, like, uh, you know, like different versions. And he ends up uh, – at the storage bin, and he ends up going in and finding the ruby. He's like, at last, and he goes to use it. But wouldn't you know, Joe, it's been changed, and it only works for one man now, and it ends up hurting him and knocking him out. Um, and this is as uh, Dr. Destiny shows up at, at the storage unit, and he's like, he's like, uh, this is the place. He's like, I hope it goes well. And he's like, uh, you can keep the code. I'd hate to think of you you know, freezing out here. He's like, thank you, Rosemary. Is your husband really a hitman? She's like, oh, God, no. I just said that because, you know, I thought you might be, uh, I was scared you were dangerous, crazy or something. He's like, Harry's really a school teacher." He's like, oh, well, I don't suppose it would have mattered either way. And he just shoots her in a great shot of, like, not gore, not anything. It's more powerful that it's just off camera. It's the barrel of the gun with a hint of blood. And he just nonchalantly murders her. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, in uh, the comic, uh, the editor said when he when uh, she read this, she was like, oh, like, I really liked Rosemary. And I thought she was going to be like a character that would be like throughout the future. And Neil was like, if you don't, that's my whole point. If you don't, if, if I don't get you to care about them, when I murder them, you will feel nothing. Right. And that always stuck with me, especially in today's comics where death is just so like free, like it's a, it's a card that's used way too often. Like back here, this was, I, I, I was with the editor. I thought she was going to be like a character. We got her backstory and she cared. And then just to offer was just, it just like knocked
0: the, you know, the feet out from under me. Right. And and as powerful as a moment as this is for an equally knowing from reading the comic, the fact that in the TV, if, and again, if I'm wrong, correct me, Nope. He lets her live in the comic, right? Yep. Or the, had, the TV show, in the TV yep. show. Yep. He gives her the amulet. Right. He's like, I don't need this anymore. And he says... Oh, this will protect you. Right. Right. Because she was
1: afraid to tell the truth because she would get hurt. And he goes, now you can tell the truth all you want and no one can ever hurt you. And Neil said in an interview, he goes, uh, he goes we did that. He goes, because I wanted... Like, that was something small that I could change. So people who know this comic backwards and forwards like yours truly, um, would get some surprises. You know what I mean? It doesn't ruin the book, but it's a small change that surprises. If you've never read the book as you're watching the TV show, you don't know if she lives or dies with the person who has read the book. Now you don't know if everything's going to be the way it was. So you can be surprised, yes. which I totally love.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So he ends up finding, he's like, Oh, did someone, you know, try to met like, uh, Use you well, we're back together, darling. Um, Now he's going to go give his love to the world and eat their hearts and poison their dreams, rip their nightmares into the daylight and scum their sleep with creeping fear, which is a great line, by the way. I'm going to scum people's sleep with creeping fear all I can. And he ends up going to a 24-hour diner, and he walks in. He's like, I'd like a cup of coffee um, while I wait. She's like, "Uh, sure, here, 50 cents. What are you waiting for? Oh, you know, the usual, the end of the world. Next issue, Joe, waiting for the end of the world. Woo, baby.
0: Yep. Um, you know, so obviously there's a bunch in that I- issue because it was so DC character heavy with the Scarecrow and Mr. Miracle and Martian Manhunter. A lot of that got truncated for the TV show. And like these two issues end up being like one episode of the TV show, kind of sort right. of that. Yeah. As it should be, you know? Right. Um, so now, um, and again, it's another situation from last week when we talked about how it says next issue waiting for the end of the world. And then what is the episode, the issue actually titled, uh, you know, the all night, 24 hour diner, I think.
1: Yes. I think it's just called 24 hours, but yeah, um, I'm not sure on that, but it's definitely 24 hours is a part of it.
0: Right. And this is the first, uh, Michael Dringenberg art, uh, on the book. And as I mentioned, you see a definitive change in the way that Dr. Destiny is drawn. He almost looks like the crypt keeper in this, yes, he does. this issue, you know? And I think that just adds so much to this character looking the way that he does, just wearing a coat, hanging out with normal people in this diner.
1: Yep. And because the, uh, the, uh, the Ruby doesn't let them see him as he is in the beginning. Right. We get to see him. It's just such a shocking, you know, difference. I'm with you. Yeah. Um so uh basically it starts out you know I uh with the waitress who's Betty And she's, you know, she's the writer and she's like basically starting off the beginning of all this with her, with her, uh, that she's a writer. She watches, she's not really a waitress. I love that bit. She's, she's watching all these people. She's writing a story. And I think it's Judy who comes in, who's a young woman, who's having a fight with her girlfriend, kind of a deal. And as they go, um, and I will say this, I'll get this out here, uh, that Neil Gaiman says, you know, a lot of people talk about eight is where they think his vision starts to shine through. He says, this is where he believes he turns the corner for what Sandman is going to be. Okay. Uh, It's like, this is where he believes he starts coming into his own and, 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 and doing things. And he even says, and I won't say them here. um, He says he leaves a couple of clues in the things that uh, the waitress is writing that kind of like the way he looks at the way Sandman's going to play out, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, and I like that. And he's like, it, it's kind of me putting my stamp on it, and I really like that. I'll, um, when it's over, maybe I'll say it. But if you want to know what it is, because I don't want to give it away, because it kind of gives away the the way the the book ends. You know what no, I mean?
0: No, we'll we'll talk off air.
1: Right. So, uh, but she says, as a waitress, I don't want anybody to know that I'm actually a writer because then they they talk to you to to you differently. Um. Uh, as this is going on, there's other people in the thing. There's a young man who's gonna who's going on a job interview. Um, a, a young uh, couple comes, a power couple comes in who are married. Um, and Marsh, a truck driver, who comes in, who she says like his wife died and from drinking, and he d- does the the truck driving. He stops in every once in a while to see her because they might be, you know. Kind of a not a couple, but they might have uh, a friendship with a certain benefit, maybe. Um, As this is going on, we end up seeing that uh, John D., Dr. Destiny, is watching them all. Um, They weren't customers, they were raw materials. I kind of like that. Um, Yeah.
0: So it's, like, it's just, like, a whole thing of, like, she, uh, Betty has her own little commentaries on everyone, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, well, they're lovebirds, and even though they act this way, I know that if you take one lovebird away, you know, the other one will wither and die, and I've already written them a happy ending, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, in you
1: on, maybe you touched on something there. But anyway, um... Yeah, and this whole thing is like told in each of the hours. And the first hour, I'm going to go back and say, the first hour is is, uh, the flies walked into the web, which is a great beginning to it. And then we see like hour two and hour three. And Neil's original plan was to have the whole thing be, uh, he had 24 pages, each page was going to be an hour. But he found out that didn't work because he had to introduce the characters. Yeah. And you couldn't introduce the characters. You got to have them, you know what I mean, in the first hour get there. So he was like, ah, that doesn't really work. So I kind of like that. Um, along the way, uh, Judy er, is is like, oh, he um, had a problem with her girlfriend. So he ends. She ends up calling Rose, her girlfriend's friend, to see uh, if she knows anything um rose that's an interesting name that we may uh, see la- later on down the line and even her girlfriend donna maybe we'll see uh later on down the line um at this point like around hour four d's what they're watching tv because he had her turn it on and like there's a puppet show and the world is starting to change outside and there's a bit where the guy who's like the muppet handler kind of does some like creepy stuff about like uh, the the uh, like killing yourself yes. and they have to go to and the he police. He
0: starts he he starts to look very much like the Joker almost right. And I definitely think that was probably intentional, I would guess, since Neil didn't get a chance to use the Joker as he wanted to in the previous issue. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to put a guy who kind of looks like the Joker in the next issue.
1: Yep. And he ends up offing himself on TV. Um, and they have the t- police stand by. We're having things. Um, you know, as the hours go on, people like, are like, oh, I have like a job interview and I, and you know, whatever we're like, the power couples, like we're supposed to be out here. But each time D keeps using the, the, the gem, the Ruby to bring them back around. Um, Judy starts writing a love note, like a a message to Donna. Um, the, the young kid is having his dream of being an executive director and being like rich and famous and the power couples. The guys like thinking about how he likes to abuse hookers and beat them up, and his wife is like thinking about how she would love to kill um, her husband, and just like Doctor de- de- Destiny's just like eating it all up. Um, and the news at six ends up like saying that uh, there's been a rash um, of madness and suicide and bad dreams. Uh, and it just gets like worse from there. Um, hour ten, they—no, uh, I'm sorry. Hour nine, the, he he makes them be uh, con- conflict, fighting each other. Like the guy ends up beating up Judy because of her uh, orientation. Um, then in hour ten, he makes them love him, and they're like chanting his name. And this is where it starts to get out of control. Like the one guy even like saws off his fingers and makes uh, Doctor Destiny's like, oh, I drink, I, I I drink from it, the blood, because you know as a god, you know you have to take these sacrifices. And I'm like, oh my god, it's he's got like God written on his chest in blood. Um, of hour eleven is the news and the reports are coming in, and I love the fact that like after last issue with the Justice League, we just get a random guy who's a superhero, like a, like a guy who looks like me with dark hair, Joe, (laughs) they're interviewing him, And they're like, uh, we, no international superheroes available. So we got, uh, we spoke to Herschel of the local super team, the amazing Herschel and Betty. And his answer is everything that's happening is probably Ray's." (laughs) Joe. I was like, what the heck is with that? Um, in hour 12, he's like, it's time for them to get to know each other better. Um, and the one lady, the power of the power couple ends up talking about how she snuck into a funeral home and had, how do you want to put it, Joe? Maybe did some stuff with the it corpse? was
0: illicit with a recently deceased corpse. Let's say, yes. And then she, end she's like,
1: sometimes I ask Gary to lie really still, but it was never the same. I'm like, Oh my God. He's like an hour 13. I get them to know each other intimately and you know they're having you know sex behind the counter and that great shot of destiny sitting on the counter while you could just like make out limbs underneath and he's watching it to the adams family theme and he's just like neat it was super creepy yes um, hour 14 midnight, he consulted the oracles. He ends up telling them, he's like, tell me my future. And they're like, you walk to dust, you go back to dust. There's no future for you. It's a future bound by walls and guards and the sour smell of sadness. Um, and they just like, basically, it looks like they so- are basically telling him, the future somehow because he's like you have stolen some power of dreams you will take all of it you will crush out the life of the dream lord in your hands d's like that's good i like the future clever
0: this this feels very much like when morpheus asks the witches three where his um his uh implements are Mm -hmm. that's very much what i get the feeling that this is supposed to represent
1: Right, the Hectate, the Furies, they have many names those yes. three go by.
0: It's it's John D. doing his own version of this, but obviously because he's not Morpheus, he is the wrong person to be controlling the dreams, etc., etc. He just keeps pestering them until they give him the answers he wants to hear, not knowing that they're giving him the true answers that he should hear, you know? Right, yep. Yeah.
1: And i like, this might be the cruelest thing he did in all of this, Joe, is in hour 15, he gave them their minds back for a while, which is horrible. They're like, why are you doing this? Are you going to kill us? Why are you doing this? And he takes the jacket off, and he's like fully naked now. He's like, why? Because I can. Um, Hour 16, party games, murder in the dark. You just hear a scream, and he giggles. (sighs) it just it just keeps getting worse. Hour seventeen, confession and penance. And Marsh ends up telling about his his wife, who was Marsha, Marsh and Marsha. Oh funny. That he knew that he had she had been drinking. And he I hated her. She was the only woman I ever loved, but I hated her. On New Year's Eve, I blew my whole paycheck on a crate of vodka, left it in her bedroom, and went out of town for a week. When I got back, she was in the hospital. I I as good as I killed her. And as he's doing this, he's drive. they're driving nails into his hands on the thing. And he ends up telling, he's like, I got something else to tell you. When I was in the pen, I saw your son. And he Oh, been, yes,
0: because Betty, early in the story, is telling herself that her son left and he's in college and he's doing these great things, you know?
1: Right. And he's like, I saw your son. He was a, a hooker up in Gotham. And he's like, and you could, ha- you know, you could, you could be acquainted with him for a pack of cigarettes, you know? And uh, I did. And she ends up like, 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 why, why are you doing this? I don't want to hear this. And he, he's pretty much dead in hour 18. He's hanging from the, from the, the, the counter with his hand nailed to it, bleeding out of his face. Um, he, In hour 18, he brings out the beast. He makes them fight and the power guy and the young kid that wants to be executive they fight and he ends up ripping his throat out with his sharp teeth um and i'll say an hour 19 he lies to them um i don't really get it because he's telling them the snow light tale um so i i guess like i don't understand the lie there but uh hour 20 it was time for entertainment he has them singing 21 he shows them the delights of belief and she's and judy's like i want to see i want to see the glory and she ends up skewering out her eyes which when i first read this 30 years ago um i almost i almost vomited i was like that's because you don't even see it it's just out of panel which is brilliant uh hour 22 there's just bodies all around the diner hour 23 he just catches the fly and eats it which is takes you back to the first you know hour when the flies entered the the diner and then hour 24 sandman comes in and he's like you're glad you're here it was getting to be a bit boring but you don't look strong enough to make it interesting do you next issue dreams end and look at how awesome drissenberg draws Morpheus in that last panel. As yes. much as I love Sam Keith, Drigenberg is my definitive Sandman artist.
0: Love. It's so it's and again, it's it's interesting to say it's less of a drawing and it's more of an absence of space. That's in that, cl- that close-up of Morpheus's face, you know? Mm-hmm. You you get some lines around like the nose ridge and on the lip but the rest of it just feels like different blacks and whites of absence of space, you know?
1: Yep. And, and this is the first time I feel the blackness in Morpheus's eyes with the white pupils. Yes. They're deep. Like Joe, let's put it this way. I could get lost in those eyes.
0: (laughs) So this, with everything that you laid out here over the hours of what, um, Dr. D does, to the people in the diner, obviously things are a lot different But it's a, in the TV show, but there's enough there that when you hear a certain person's name or you see a couple come in, and there's, like, instead of the truck driver, it's the cook at the diner, right? Right. Um, so, like, little things are just changed, nothing really, really out of the ordinary, but once you start seeing names or hearing names or you see people fit into what those roles were... Like, as soon as I'm watching the TV show and that girl says her name is Judy, I immediately remembered the bit with allowing her to see from the comic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt bad for what her her ultimate fate was going to be. But this issue is built up, um, the end of the previous issue and this issue specifically, built up to show how powerful Dr. Destiny is. Yep how he is being essentially established as a worthy adversary for a god, which is what Morpheus is. And Morpheus is an underpowered god. Um, You know, he he wasn't able to get his ruby back, and that completely incapacitated him. Um, We saw him at half-strength just two issues ago bluff his way out of hell. Mm -hmm. How's that Duke boy going to get out of this one?
1: though can i push up my glasses and be that guy for a second
0: absolutely that's what you are here for when it comes to sandman all right sandman is not a god well again you get what i'm saying you know like no, i said there's, there's the bit where you know uh martian manhunter refers to him as a god you know okay
1: i don't want to give too much away but i do believe it is in uh uh Seasons of mist it is, it is definitely explained how the Endless are different from gods, but sometimes are mistaken for gods. Like, mm-hmm. that they will take, like, the god of death, and they'll be like, uh, we named them after that. But he's technically not a god, and I don't want to give it away here because it's a cool, like, explanation when we get there. And I believe it's Bast, the Egyptian cat god, a female cat god, who explains like, what the straight-up difference between the Endless are. And I re- I really, really like it. But anytime someone uh, says that the Endless are gods, I kind of do that. I go, whoop, oh, whoop, oh. whoop. <laughs> but that's me being me, you know?
0: Well, listen, you and Martian Manhunter can share some Chacos and uh, split How the difference you? on that.
1: That's Oreos. We're still
0: not getting sued in the 90s. Now, I will say this. W- DC leaving money on the table, not putting out their own... Hydrox knockoff called Chaco's.
1: Do you remember when they had the big belly burger? I do. That they were selling when that, like, whatever, it was like the $80 hamburger that we were going to buy.
0: Oh, I, yes, it was in conjunction with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League.
1: Yes, it was like some weird mail at your house. I do believe the dessert was Chaco's, wasn't it?
0: I don't remember. that. Was... I,
1: I do believe it was, and that was the almost the reason I bought the burger. I was hoping that it wouldn't come like in a white generic box that said cookies on it. Like every cartoon you would see. Um, But it actually had Chacos written on it because I would collect Chacos, but I'm with you. I don't understand why they don't. I don't understand why DC doesn't literally have a big belly burger and all that. If James, if Jimmy pistol knows what he's doing, get on that and have a chain of them across the
0: country. And Jitters Coffee Shops. <laughs> and, well, wait, Jitters, because I know in the uh, Booster Gold esque Universe, there's a Sun Dollars Coffee. Okay, instead of Starbucks, get it right. Well, I have the I have the list around here of the knockoffs.
1: I'll have to add that one to it. But Jitters was the coffee shop Kyle Rayner used to hang out with, and when they uh, that was owned by Radu, I think his name was. Do you remember okay. any of that? So and they ended up using that in like the Flash and the the CW universe. So but they didn't have the rights to the to the to Green Lantern. Ugh. So either way
0: So uh next week we have uh, issues uh, 7 and 8 the uh, wrap up to this whole uh, Doctor Destiny dream getting all of his things back uh, sort of thing. Right. The whole. And uh, arguably uh, in issue eight, the greatest single issue of a comic book ever.
1: You know what? I'm, I guess <laughs> we can jump the gun on this. It's so good. It might be the only comic book ever that we will be have after next week. We'll talk about twice on this show. Right. In depth twice. Heck, we might just go back in the, the archives and just cut that issue of that episode
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been many years, so we'll have to uh revisit it, you know? No,
1: I'm joking, but I know we did. That was uh, was a one-shot issue that we did for the best of the best. Yes shot issue, so. Oh,
0: so. So uh join us next week. Like I said, if you're reading along, comment along. If you've read it for the if you're reading it for the first time, if you're rereading it like Todd and I are, let us know how your experience is going. And I'm tweeting at Jimmy Pistol right now to tell him that we need a big belly burger chain, uh, Oreo knockoffs called uh, Chacos, uh, and a coffee shop called Sundollars. Think of the merchandising. There you go. We'll see what I get back. He might answer you. You never know. He's a maniac. He was reading reading All-Star Superman this morning. He could do anything. And the people went nuts. I know. Not a news story, but something to mention. We're talking about Jimmy Pistol, you know? Everything he does is, is you know,
1: newsworthy now, Joe.
0: I would be hard-pressed to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Todd, did we have any uh, art attacks this week?
1: We did have an art attack this week. Um, From David Markowski, Um, his family, I guess. We hit the Wildwood Comic-Con and had a blast and pick up this cool piece, which is a piece of uh, Thanos sitting on a, like, Stone Throne with uh, the Marvel version, not the uh, endless version of death uh, behind him, which is a very nice piece. And I like the fact that uh, he got to uh, see the ghost, the real life Ghostbusters, and he got to see uh, Hell Hellboy and uh, Jedi fight. That was cool. So that's a nice piece.
0: Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much for uh, sharing your piece with us. You know, and obviously a lot of times we only typically mention the uh, conventions where, like, the big-name guests are. We can't mention everything, of course, you know? Um, but, uh, again, David, thank you very much for sharing your uh, fun time at the convention with us. Uh, looks like you guys had a great time. Looks like you guys were in your Padawan robes as well. Right.
1: And I think that's uh, a Borg behind him in the Jedi robes, who played Javelin in the Suicide Squad movie.
0: Oh, okay. I doubt it, but that's who it looks like. I don't know. That was almost the show title. If that was a real per, if that wasn't a real person,
1: yeah, it's a real person.
0: He's the guy who okay. played javelin. Okay. Um. So while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com, of course, be sure to check out our store. You can get shirts and pins and stickers, uh, directly from us. Uh, hear my PayPal woes over on After Dark <laughs> this week.
1: Right.
0: Um. You can also uh, the key Public Store uh, having a sale Friday only thirty five percent off. I don't know what they're up to. Um, but you can get uh, more designs inspired by this show, inspired by Long Box Years After Dark, other shows in the soon-to-be-named network on everything from notebooks to uh, cell phone covers to throw pillows and everything in between. Uh, you can also support us by subscribing to our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you two bonus shows. Um, from Todd and I, the movie shows for 2023 start this week, as we're going to be discussing Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, which is freely available on YouTube. Right.
1: As we speak now, anyway.
0: As, as of three hours ago, it was still up there. (laughs) Right. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. Of course, we're also going to have, for folks, uh, proving the past January 1993, uh, you can also get the full scans of those preview catalogs that we talk about, high quality, professionally done scans. Uh, you can also get the back catalog of all the previous previewing in the past, all the previous movie shows, the last three years of those previews catalogs. Even if you don't got time to listen to the podcast, and hey, I understand that a lot. You know, if you listen to as many podcasts as Todd does, I understand. <laughs> But if you're a comics fan of the 90s, just to go back and look through those previews catalogs, just to see how things were changing and the comic industry was changing, how movies were changing uh, all around that time. And it's an interesting journey just to kind of thumb through those pages, you know.
1: And if uh, you like parody
0: comics, boy, howdy, is previewing <laughs> the past the show for you right now. They got us with one. This is the first time they got us with one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But anyway, another way that you can support us helping out the show is making any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through. That's the banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. The affiliate link is in the show notes for every single one of these episodes, no matter how it is that you get these episodes. Question mark? Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... uh, Somebody purchased on DVD the Abbott and Costello Universal Pictures Collection.
1: That's fantastic.
0: That's a lot of fun. Uh, Somebody picked up the Somal Digital Peak Flow Meter Spirometer Asthma Tester thing. Sure. Uh, Somebody purchased a laser hair removal at-home device.
1: Mm. Was that uh, you,
0: Joe? No, it was not. I would need to buy a gross of those, because it <laughs> certainly is. Because you're gross, that's right. why. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased a Transformers <laughs> Legacy Evolution Core Dinobot Sludge toy. Ooh. Uh, and somebody purchased a 100-count of Dorco ST300 platinum extra double-edge razor blades and that was definitely bought by someone who loves the business
1: no oh, i thought it would be for the person who had the hair remover to no. shave whatever it didn't get but uh we also have comics someone hooked up their uh comicsology to the click through and got various issues such as amazing spider-man 17 Lazarus planet one alpha and Lazarus planet one assault on Krypton. You almost got me on Lazarus planet DC, but you didn't do it. Um, monkey prince, number 10, Batman fortress, number eight, Batman, Superman world's finest 11. Hope it came with that Jack white cover. Uh, Batman One Bad Day Bane, as someone's retailer said at the comic shop today. a ba- Bane's whole life has been a bad day, so I don't know how bad this one bad day can be. Um, Little Monsters 9, and finally, Nemesis Reloaded Number 1. Yes,
0: yeah, so again, thank you to everyone anyone who made a purchase through the Amazon affiliate link, whether it be this week, this month, this year, this whenever. Uh, all of those purchases are greatly appreciated. And we are ever nearing closer... Uh, to having to talk about movies and TV shows again because uh, we're about a month away from Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh huh. <laughs> Stop and, it. What? Nothing. And uh, they announced the uh, release date uh, for Mandalorian season, whatever is going to start on March 1st. Right. It was on the footballs, Joe. Oh, Todd. I liked all the people. Tune it in. I'm gonna watch the football game to see the trailer for the Mandalorian. Not to realize that it'll probably be on YouTube literally seconds later, and you can watch it whatever you want. That's
1: what I do. Uh, yeah. I I just happen to be watching the game, so you know it's not like I went out of my way. I was like, oh, I'm watching this stupid Tom Brady, unless you know something happens. Um, but uh, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. So I watched it on there. It's it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. We'll see.
0: Um so yeah so um thank you everyone for listening uh this was episode 641 of long box heroes for todd this is joe saying we'll see you all here next week
1: remember be a faucet not a drain Boop.